So, this morning we're starting our Christmas series. Of course we are. It is December. Um, it is based on the hashtag, hashtag have you found Jesus. So I am speaking on the first um, session on that. And what was interesting this week is this, the results of our census, our national census came out. Anybody read the results of the national census? Anybody do that like me? Because you're sad. Um, but interestingly, what was, what was advertised and publicised quite heavily from the census is actually no longer are we a Christian nation. That actually we have dipped under, the, but those that are professing themselves as believing in Christ has dipped under 50%. It's 46.2%. Therefore, the majority, we don't have a majority anymore. In education, that has caused a big question because we have lots of Church of England schools, we have lots of Catholic schools, and whether actually we should have such schools when our nation no longer is called a Christian nation. What's even more, a little bit, I think for Christians, a little bit more um, concerning is the amount that that has decreased. So in 2011, it was 59.3%, so not a massive dip from 2011, but actually in 2001, 71% of this country said that they were Christians. So we've gone from nearly to like three quarters to under a half, and need to hope you're impressed with my maths this morning, can I say? Thank you. Might be Sunday, but you know. Um, but therefore, if we continue, because it gets even more exciting, Anita, for mathematicians, if we continued on those statistics, if we continued on that trajectory, um, it means that actually in only 22 years, will there be hardly anyone in this country saying that they're a Christian? You know, by 2044, there'll be very, very few people signing their names saying that actually I profess myself as a Christian. If we go on those statistics, if we go on actually, the majority that are saying that they don't have any faith are those that are the generations um, to come, you know, the generations that are younger than me. And this highlights the importance of finding Jesus. And as a church, we've got a really important role for that because we know Jesus. We have found Jesus. And, you know, the trail is almost like a, a little analogy of what we do. We put Jesus out in the community and we guide other people and help them to find Jesus. And I kind of think that actually over the next couple of weeks, we need to have that kind of evangelical focus in the, in the sermons to actually highlight the fact that as a nation, it's really important for us as churches that we fully help, encourage, support, guide others to find Jesus. That must be our role. I don't want to get to 2044 and look around and be the only one left. So we're going to help us to do that. We're going to look at the three, well, I mean, I say three wise men, but, we, you know, that's tradition. The tradition of the three wise men in Matthew 2 because they were people who decided to go and find Jesus. So if you've got your Bibles with me, turn to Matthew 2. And it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, after the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born, the King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all of the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, this is what the prophet has written. 
But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For you will come out of a ruler, there will come out of you a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact star that had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him in gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by a whole nother route. So I just want to take out of that a few points about how these kings went on their way to find Jesus. It helps us know how we can help others find Jesus. The first thing is, if you aren't a Christian, if you don't know anything about God, if you, if you think you're sat there or you're listening at home and you think, I don't know much about Jesus at all, then I think these things, the kings are important here because the kings saw a star. That's how they knew that Jesus had been born. There had been a prophecy long ago which maybe suggested something about that star to them. It's heavily suggested that these three, these magi, that there aren't necessarily three of them. We know that there's at least two of them because the plural is used, but we assume that there's three because there were three gifts. We also assume they're from Persia only simply because of early drawings of them wearing Persian clothes. So we assume that they're from kind of a region around Persia and that they've traveled all that way and potentially three of them. But we don't really know much more about them than that. They don't know much more about Jesus apart from there was a prophecy a long time ago and that they saw a star. And I'm I'm saying if you are looking for Jesus, you don't know much about him. Quite often in terms of to start a search, you just know a glimmer. You've just seen a glimmer. You've just heard something about Jesus. Maybe some strange coincidence has happened in your life. You know, when I'm often talking to people, particularly at work, and they're questioning whether there is a God, they always come down to them some strange, weird coincidence that at one point has happened in their lives. And that's led them to believe that maybe there's more to life than this. Maybe you read something once. Maybe you prayed something once. And I want to say, if you are looking for Jesus, then you only need that glimmer to start. To start the journey of looking for him. And for us who know Jesus, who once upon a time found Jesus, it's important for us to remember what that star was for us. What made us, in the very first instance, go to find Jesus? Was it that our family believed and they pointed us in the right direction? Was it a friend who believed and they pointed us in the right direction? Did you have a, um, a sudden experience? And it's important that we start telling others about that. In, in, in order to try and help to guide others to get there. The second thing that I want to point out is wherever the Magi were from, they were from the east. As we say, we suspect that they're Persia. There's lots of people who think that they're from the, potentially from Serbia and that kind of area as well. But 
The bottom line is their journey would have been long. And we know this because when they get there, Jesus isn't any longer in the, in the stable. He's no longer in the inn. He's moved to the house. The word house is deliberately used when the Magi come to find him, which suggests that actually he has been moved out of the inn place. He's out of that time. And he's even become, the word infant as well is used to describe him. So there's been this change. There's been this time period for the time that it's taken the kings to get there. So therefore, their journey is long. Sometimes finding Jesus is a long process. You know, I know people out there have been doing Alpha for weeks and weeks, and that's just maybe the start of the conversation. Maybe it's just beginnings of the journey. And maybe you, maybe when you're listening and you or you're watching here today, and you have you know, you're, you've been coming to church a long time, you still haven't become a Christian. Do you know what? This is okay. Because sometimes your faith journey is a long one. Sometimes it might happen in an instant, but sometimes it takes a while. But it's also really important for us in the congregation that maybe we gave up praying for someone a while ago. Maybe we stopped talking to somebody about Jesus a while ago. Maybe we stopped inviting them to Alphas a while ago. But actually, I think there's something in this, in this kind of journey that took... These kings are really long time in order to reach Jesus to know it's okay that it takes a while. Often good things in life that are worth it take some time. Guinness once said it's good thing good for those who wait. I don't want to compare Jesus to Guinness. But if if a pot of Guinness is worth a little bit of a wait, then Jesus might be worth it a bit longer. You know, lots of things in the Bible show this big length of a journey. The children in Israel, when they were exiled, took an awful long journey through the desert to get to the promised land. Joseph, from the point of time when he was become a, became a servant, we are right up to when he became kind of um, Pharaoh's right-hand man in Egypt, that was a long journey. So sometimes we need to be a little bit patient as well and not try and hurry people along on their journey, but actually just consistently pray for them and just trust the Lord with them. Trust that actually God has put some sort of star in their lives that they are walking towards where they will find Jesus. Sometimes it's harder for us to be patient and harder for us to trust God that they are in his hands than anything else. My third point, and this is my biggest point, the kings started on their journey. It would have been long. They would have had camels they would have been problematic. I have horses, and camels are a different level, okay? But on top of that, they had Herod, the king who outwardly wanted to persecute Jesus, the king who was outwardly disturbed, it says in the scriptures, about the birth of Jesus, the king who was then sneaky to the Magi and said, oh, let me know where he is because I want to come and worship him. He was an obvious enemy, and the kings had to, the three, the magi had to deal with the threat of that whilst they were on their journey. The stress of that, the difficulty of that. Their journey was hard. And if you aren't a Christian yet, and you're thinking, I'm worried what other people might think. I'm concerned about what this means for my life. This is, this, Christianity is difficult. It's not an easy journey. And those of us that have found Jesus, we know the journey's hard. It's not easy 
to be a Christian when the majority of people do not think the same? Particularly nowadays, when maybe people can, can like interpret our beliefs as being narrow-minded. When we stand up for the Bible and the truth of the Bible, how that's shot down as being wrong. How we look, how we could be um, told that we are discriminating or being prejudiced when really we are just people of love. You know, it is not easy to be a Christian. Sometimes we feel very alone in the world that we are in. You know, and it says this in the Bible. In Luke 22, it actually says, blessed are you when people hate you and persecute you. Which lets us know that actually people are going to hate Christians. People are going to persecute Christians. You know, 360 million Christians around the world are are persecuted at a high, severe rate today. 360 million. Um, there's, and that is up from last year. It is an increase every year. You would think that in our more tolerant world that that would be decreasing, but it's not. You know, and in John 15, verse 18, it says, Jesus says, people will hate you, the world will hate you because it first hated me. So therefore, we know Jesus is saying, do you know what? Unfortunately, people aren't going to like you. When you find Jesus and you advertise Jesus and you try and show people to where Jesus are, people aren't going to like that because Jesus is so countercultural. Jesus loved the poor. Jesus loved those who were in need. He loved those that were, were not pretty in terms of society's ways. Jesus stands up for what's right. He stands up for truth. And quite often people don't want to hear that. And therefore, it's really important that if we, are, if we found Jesus or if we search for Jesus, that why is really important because the journey is so hard that it's so easy to give up. You know, when we're going through difficult times in our lives and there's lots of other voices ra- around us that maybe are talking about lots more of appealing ways to live our life, then it's really easy to just give up. It's really easy to stop praying. It's really easy to stop reading our Bibles. It's really easy not to live by truth, but to live by lies. And therefore, we've got to understand why is it we are Christians? Going right back to the star, what was the star? What made you find Christ? And you know, in the scripture here, I love this this verse when it says, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And when they came to the house, they saw the child with the mother. They bowed down and they worshipped him. You know, and that's it, isn't it? That's why we're Christians. Because sometimes when we find Jesus Christ, we are so in awe of who he is. We're so blown away by, the, by his holiness. We're so overcome by glory, like the, with joy because of his glory. That we can't do anything else but, but bow down and worship him. And that's the why. That's the why 360 million Christians today are being persecuted because they know that actually bowing down at the feet of Jesus is more than anything else. And when our journey gets hard, we need to know that. When we see other people who are trying to find faith and their journey gets hard, we need to be able to tell them that. Do you know what? Nothing compares to Christ. Nothing compares to Jesus. But that also comes with a challenge. 
And the challenge for us today is, but are we on a journey? Like, are we, are we moving forward? Because the Christian, the Christ, like our Christian life should be a journey. They're a journey of sanctification. They're a journey where we're constantly wanting to grow more like Christ. Or have we just become comfortable Christians? Have we become more like the innkeeper in the story? He kind of, you know, those that close up their doors and say, no, there's no, there's no room for anything else in here. Particularly at Christmas time, it's really easy to get carried away with our families and just close our doors and go, this is what I'm doing with my family over Christmas, done. There's no room for anybody else finding Jesus in that. There's no delib- like deliberate intent to try and show anybody else Jesus. But with our country believing less and less and less in God, when we've got something so great, our intent this Christmas should be to try and lead as many as possible to him. You know, if we don't talk about him, no one will find him. If we don't act like him, no one will find him. If we don't love like him, no one will find him. If we don't pray like him, no one will find him. You know, our job is to actually start praying more fiercely. It's to worship with more abandon. It's to act with further faith. It's to speak with more passion. It's in every day in what we do, try and find Jesus. You know, wherever you are in your workplace... Whilst you are there to go, how can I show Jesus? How can I speak him? How can I act him? Maybe you're in your colleges or in your schools. Actually, today, how can I find Jesus? When you're talking to people, when you're talking to your neighbours, in this conversation, how can I find Jesus? You know, we should be really passionate in that. I think at church, I think if I'm going to be honest, I think we're in slightly scary water here. If we don't have a majority in this country. And I think it's got to be a time where we actually become quite fierce in professing who Jesus is. Because otherwise no one will find him. And I really don't want 2044 to come and be literally alone. We've not many Christians around us. So let's, let's commit. Let's stand together. If you want to stand, you can do. If you, if you are able to stand, you can do. But I want to be serious. You don't have to stand. You don't have to stand just because it's what other people are doing. But for me now, I know I've got to be a little bit more intentional about trying to get others to find Jesus. I was a conversation with my family at home going, what are we actually going to seriously do to help those that we know that don't know Jesus to find Jesus this Christmas? And if you want to do that, stand with me. I'm just going to pray for the grace of God, for the love of God, for the wisdom of God, because I know that I can't do much without him. <laughs> yeah, so Lord, we just, we just pray. Just put, you can put your hands if you want to. I don't mind. But Lord, Lord, we know We know that the best thing about this world, the best thing about this life, Lord Jesus, is that you are here. Lord, you are so holy and you are so good and you are so loving, Lord Jesus. Lord, remind us 
of just how awesome you are. Lord, lead us to the place like we are those magi who've been on that journey where we first see you and we're just overjoyed with the light that you've put in our lives. We're overjoyed by, the, by you in front of us, Lord. Remind us of that, Lord. Remind us of being in love with you, Lord. And in doing that, Lord Jesus, help us to help others on the search. Help us to let others find you, Lord. And Lord, let us be a a commitment day to day as we walk into our workplaces or as we walk into the things that we are committed to, as we walk into our neighbors' houses, as we walk along streets. Let our minds be, how can we find Jesus? How can we help others to find Jesus? Lord, give us wisdom to do that, Lord. Give us your Holy Spirit to do that, Lord. Give us faith to do that, Lord. And we ask for these things in your holy and your mighty and your good and your loving name. Amen.